0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: If you have any area of your life where God has already spoken and you're not heeding Him, you should start there. You know, there are things that are on our minds and we're wanting God to answer me here, God speak to me here, God reveal to me something here, and God is saying, but I've been speaking to you about this. Start there. You always want to start with the last thing God has spoken to you about. Because God is
0: much less concerned about your new thing if you haven't responded to the last thing. Most of us today have some kind of map on our phones or even built into the dash. All you do is put in the address and follow the directions. If you ignore the directions, you're not going to get where you want to go. You'll just end up hearing recalculating over and over again. Today, Pastor Bill asks if you've ever found yourself in a place where you're not hearing from God. If you've lost your way, maybe you need to do some recalculating. Maybe you need to go back to where you last heard his voice. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 28. As he continues his message, won't listen, can't hear. Verse 4 now it says, Then the Philistines gathered together
1: and came and encamped at Shunem." So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped in Gilboa. So the Philistines are coming out against Saul. Uh, they're emboldened. The enemy is feeling powerful. And they, they go pick a fight with Saul. They go find him where he is, and they they get in battle array. They get ready to go to war with Saul. Verse 5: When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. Why is Saul so afraid? Two reasons. One, um, he's not right with God. And he knows that the Lord has departed from him. And so you can look earlier, you can look at, you know, Saul seemed like he, he was a coward most of the time that he was here. But, but here, knowing that I'm not right with the Lord, God is not speaking to me, um, I'm, I'm by myself in this. It says that he was afraid Um, He trembled greatly when he found out that the enemies were coming against him. Now, again, in comparison to this, there are going to be times where David is in the area and it's not even that the enemies have come out to him. David's like, Lord, I see the enemies over there. Should we go get them? And it's like, well, how come David seems so? Because David is in communication and the Lord is speaking back to David and God will tell David, yes, you should surely go and uh, I'm going to deliver them in your hands and you're not going to lose anybody. So imagine going to battle with the word of the Lord that says you're going to have a victory. You're not going to lose anything. How confident are you going to be right? You're going to be very confident. You're going to go and you know that you have the victory, but Saul has none of that. Saul is saying, man, I'm, I am, I am in a bad way. God won't speak to me. And Israel is coming out against me and he is scared. He's terrified. And I wrote down here, had he feared the Lord, had Saul been a man that feared the Lord, He wouldn't have to be afraid of the Philistines. It's because he wouldn't fear the Lord that now he has to be afraid of everything else that comes against him. A man or woman that will fear the Lord doesn't have to be afraid of anything else. And so I would just challenge us here. If you find that you're privy or you're given to fear a lot, just back up a few steps and make sure that you're walking in the fear of the Lord. There's great confidence for the man or woman that just walks in the fear of the Lord. God, I honor you with my life. I obey you with my life. My life is in your hands. And there, there's not a lot to have to fear when your life is safely in the hands of the Lord. And so, um, you know, had Saul been the man that feared the Lord, uh, he wouldn't have always been afraid of everybody else. And so, moving on, verse six, and we're going to kind of camp here for just a moment. It says, When Saul inquired of the Lord, The Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. So a question to you guys, I'll throw this out for you guys for just a moment. Why won't God respond to Saul now that Saul is seeking him? So we know Saul messed up before. We know he wasn't listening before. But now Saul is saying he inquired of the Lord and God won't speak to him. Not in a dream, not through the priest, through the Urim and not by a prophet. Uh, Why do you think God is not willing to speak to him at this point. Uh, if you don't mind, we're going to pause here because I think this is so important um, for us. I think one of the things that I see Christians and people in church struggle with is when they need to hear from God. It's like, I've been pray- I'm praying about this. I need to hear from God about this thing right here and I'm not hearing anything. And it's like, you know why? Because Saul Saul needed Saul right now believes I need God to speak to me about this war. And God is like, bro, we talked a long time ago about a whole lot of other things. I I don't really care about this war thing right now. It's all part of this. You're under punishment right now. Um, But there's a reason why God won't speak. There's some verses that reveal to us reasons why God won't answer prayers, won't respond. So I'm going to give you some verses. I want you to write them down just for your information. I'm going to read them to you guys, give a little bit of explanation, and then we'll, we'll move on. So. Um, Psalm 66, verse 18, the psalmist says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So if, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, there's maintaining sin in my heart, God's like, I, I won't listen to that. I, I, and this a few people said it uh, this way. God knew what was in his heart, right? God knows if I just want what I want from you. I don't really want you, God. I don't really want to obey you. I'm still going to do everything I'm going to do, but I want what I want right now from you. God knows that. And so God said, if you regard iniquity in your heart, I won't hear you. I'm not listening. Um, Isaiah 59, verse 2, uh, I, I guess verse 1 and 2 always go together. It says, the, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but it's your sins that are separated between you and your God. And then verse 2 says, but, but your iniquities are separated between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. It's not a matter of his ability to hear. He won't hear God is saying, "Look, you're you're continuing in sin and rebellion. I'm not listening. I'm 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 unwilling to hear." In that case, over in Hosea, the people were openly rebelling against God. God had given them clear commands as far as how to deal with their wives. This is Hosea chapter five, verse six, and they wouldn't yield to obey God. And so God tells them in verse six of Hosea five, He says, "With their flocks and herds, they shall go to seek the Lord." but they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. So guys, you guys are coming with gifts and offerings and I'm not even going to show up because y'all are not, it's because of all the other rebellion that they were doing. And guys, you can't walk in rebellion and show up with some gifts and just offer it to me. New Testament. He says, look, if you, if you got with somebody and you bring your gift, he's your gift at the altar and go get that thing. Right? Y'all know people won't do that. And but people, one of the things that people want an excuse to excuse to not do is to not, not get things right with other brothers and sisters, but it's a big, God says, it's such a big deal to me. Leave your gift. I want that gift first. I want, I want you to go make that right. Then bring your gift, but I want that first. And God gives us that order. Uh, so some other reasons for unanswered prayer, why God might not be listening or, or heeding us Write down Deuteronomy chapter one, 43 to 45. Uh, Deuteronomy 143 to 45, it says, so I spoke to you, yet you would not listen, but rebelled against the command of the Lord and presumptuously went up into the mountain and the Amorites who dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as the bees do and drove you back from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. And so again, here it says, because y'all wouldn't listen. Now I'm not listening. And now y'all, you guys went out and I didn't show up to help you. Um, But the trend, I want you to see the trend in the pattern is it's because they wouldn't listen when God was speaking, that there's a point that comes when God says, I'm not, I'm not not speaking anymore. I'm going to leave you guys out there with that. I got several more. uh, I want to just go over with us real quick. So Proverbs 1, 28 to 31 And it says this, Proverbs 1, 28 to 31. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. And here again, God is saying, look, because... You know, when when I was speaking, you weren't listening. Um, they would not hesitate. They would not have my counsel, but they despise every re- rebuke from me. Therefore, they're going to eat the fruit of their own fancies. I'm going to let you guys enjoy that. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen that in all the years of being in church. And you 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 know, you watch people get counsel and direction. Don't do that. The Bible says not that. And people go do what they're going to do, and then and then they got to live with it. And I've seen that. That's from single people marrying unbelievers thinking they're going to save them don't work. It's from, you know, people just doing whatever they want to do, thinking that I can somehow do it another way, do it other than God's way and get blessed. And God's like, no, I gave you instruction for a reason. Now you got to eat that. Now you got to enjoy that. Um, Two more Proverbs 21 verse 13, whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. And so those that are unmerciful towards the needy, God says, if you, you know think about that, somebody crying out for hunger, God says, don't, 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 don't treat them bad. And one day it might be you crying out. Um, so those that are unmerciful to those in need, God says, I won't hear. And then last, the last thing is in Zechariah. And um, it's just, uh, it's refusing to obey in Zechariah chapter seven, verses eight through 14. I'll read this to us. Zachariah seven, starting at verse eight, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, execute true justice, show mercy and compassion. Everyone to his brother, do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien, the poor, let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. Then verse 11 says, but they refuse to heed, shrugged their shoulders and stop their ears so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like Flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed and they would not hear, so they called out and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known, Thus, the land became desolate after them so that no one passed through or returned, for they made the pleasant land desolate. So all that time spent, all those verses that give you, I hope that it's clear that the reason why God is withholding and, and not listening and not responding is because when he was, they weren't listening, weren't listening to the Lord. So if you have any area of your life where God has already spoken and you're not heeding him, you should start there. You know, there are things that are on our minds and we, we're wanting God to answer me here. God, speak to me here. God revealed to me something here. And God is saying, but I've been speaking to you about this. Start there. You always want to start with the last thing God has spoken to you about. Because God is much less concerned about your new thing. If you haven't responded to the last thing he's spoken about, he, he, you know, God is kind of the one that gets to lead the dance. We have a relationship with the Lord. Amen. And it's not us that dictates to God what he should be talking to us about. God says, look, I'm looking at your life and I'm the Lord of your life and I know what you need and I'm speaking to you about what needs to happen. And so we want to let the Lord lead. God, if you're you're speaking to me about that, let me heed you in this area of my life. So what we want to take from Saul is we don't want to be disobedient ongoing. Everybody here is disobedient sometimes. Everybody here messes up sometimes, but you don't want to be in a pattern of God has been speaking and I've been rebelling. And, and does everybody know the difference? It's, it's, it's an ongoing, it's like choosing a way, choosing to keep going this way when you know God has said, but I, I, I want you to do that. No, I'm, I'm going to keep going this way. God says, you, you can, we're seeing an example here where you can get to a point where it's like, man, he's, he's not listening anymore. There is no relationship. You know, this is kind of harsh, but it, it, it is, it can be true. I've heard it said that if he's not the Lord of all, that he's not the Lord at all. And if I don't let Jesus be what Jesus is, the Lord. And that's the only relationship he's willing to have with me. He's not willing to be, you know, kind of Lord, you know, a little bit Lord. Uh, You know, he's like, Bill, I'm the Lord of your life. And and either I'm the Lord, either I dictate, either I give you direction and you obey. Um, But I don't get to refashion the relationship. I certainly don't get to be in charge. Um, And so every believer needs to have some humility. Uh, We need to see God high. We need to see God. That's why the times of worship, they're important. Because as we sing, we're reminded of who who's up high. Who's who's the exalted one. Who's the big deal. It's not us. Amen. It's always never going to be us. It's always going to be him. And so we're not singing. Y'all not singing to me. Um, I praise God. Y'all not. We're not singing to each other. We're singing to him because of who he is and what he's done. And that's important that we keep him in that place in our own hearts, and our lives so that we will obey. So that when God tells us something, and even when God says things that you don't agree with, anybody had God say something you don't agree with all the time? I don't agree with a lot of things, but I know I'm wrong. The Bible says, let God be true in every man or what? So when I don't agree with God, I'm wrong. Easy. You know, God, you mean if He's smite me on the one cheek? I, what? What is this? I'm getting beat up out here. He knows what He's talking about. He's right about that. That this guy and God is merciful because I ain't been getting smited on my cheeks, you know. But uh, but even if I do, He's right. That's hard. Oh, that's hard for me. But I know God is right. I know He's right. I know He has all wisdom, all power, all glory. There's none like Him. And it doesn't matter how I feel about it, He's right about everything. Amen. And so, um, let's move on from here now. Pick up at verse seven. Um, so Saul, again, verse six reminds us, Saul is inquired, but God's not speaking back. The Urim, but God, now here, check this out. Remember Saul killed all those priests. So you even wiped out the opportunity to hear God when you killed all the priests because, because they spoke to David And he killed all those priests. And so, um, you know, but he he found someone with an urim and God wouldn't speak to him through that. And the prophets wouldn't, No, no prophet, God wasn't giving them a word for him. And so he's there in silence with the Philistines camping out, getting ready to come, come get busy with him. Verse seven, it says, then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul is sunk into a really deep place. And I want you to think about how dark a place he must be in where he's like, man, God won't speak. I can't hear from the priest. The man of God won't come to me. Go get me a, go get me a, a medium. Find me a woman who's a medium. And interestingly, right away, they were like, there's one in Endor. What does that say about the people? How, you know, readily, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of the person to know where all, you know, where all the weed spots are, just, just, right? just, just, just telling me something, you know, you, you're law enforcement or, or, and I'll leave it there. So, um, but they right away said, we know one right over here and endure What a dark place. And let me throw this out. What could Saul have done? He's messed up. God's not speaking to him. Things are a wreck. What could he have done with anything other than going to the, the, going to a medium? Is there anything Saul could have done to help himself out in this case? Repent. Everybody get this. No matter how dark, how deep, how far you go, the answer, the, the, the remedy is always that one word. Repent. Right? God didn't leave you. You left God. God didn't distance himself from you. You distance yourself from God. If you find yourself somewhere, it's a mess in your life. Repent. Repent means to turn away from sin, rebellion, disobedience, whatever you've been doing, and turn back to the Lord in obedience, surrender, and submission. The psalmist says, again, a broken and a contrite heart, God, these you won't despise. And I can find so many examples in scripture where people that were already, they were already doomed but they repented, and God said, oh, okay, okay, mercy. The, and Jonah, the people of Nineveh, God was sending Jonah. What was the message God gave Jonah? He said, Jonah, go tell them people 40 days, and then judgment's coming. That was the message. And Jonah wasn't, Jonah didn't want them to get saved. He tried to he tried to not go. When Jonah finally went, he didn't preach a compassion. Jonah didn't say, hey, guys, the Lord is wanting to draw you. Jonah said, hey, y'all, just hey, 40 days and judgment. God bless that was it. Uh, he, he wasn't even his heart wasn't in it. He didn't want them to repent. Right. He just threw it out there. But, you know, what the Bible says it says that everybody repented. The, the, the king and innocent. He, he said, perhaps God will have mercy. He said, everybody fast. Don't even feed your animals. Everybody fasting. And when God saw that they repented, it, it was the biggest revival, the biggest revival in the Bible that God relented of the disaster that he said he was going to bring on them. There's another scenario over in um, Second Chronicles, I believe, 33 with Manasseh. Uh, Manasseh was arguably one of the worst kings. His dad was a godly king. Hezekiah, Manasseh was just a jerk. And as soon as he took over, it says he seduced the people to worship foreign gods. And so it says God spoke to him and it says that he wouldn't listen. So God came and said, hey, bro, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but God spoke to him about what he was doing wrong, but he wouldn't listen. And then it says God allowed the Assyrians to come down and take him captive with a hook in his nose and bronze fetters on his arms. And when he was in captivity, when he was hurting, then it says, then he knew that the Lord was God and he repented and God delivered him and let him live out the rest of his time. God delivered him from that. I thought, wow, he should have listened when God spoke the first time. And that's how some people are. They don't hear until they got a hook in their nose and, and handcuffs on their wrist. But um, but it was the, the the thing was God was going to do something, he didn't do it when there was repentance. The last thing, Hezekiah, who was one of the godly kings, but he got prideful at a point. And the Bible says that the judgment of God loomed over Hezekiah and all the people. Interesting thing with Hezekiah is God never warned him, God never came and said, Hezekiah, your pride is gonna bring destruction upon you. It just says Hezekiah just repented. He, he realized what he, he realized that, 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 he had become prideful and he just repented. There was a sensitivity in his heart to the Lord. And when he repented, it says in God, relented of the judgment that he was going to bring. So as I look at Saul here, bad as it is, messed up as he was, there was still a remedy for Saul. And there's always a remedy for you and me and it's repent. Amen. Amen. And everybody, you know, that's going to hell needs to repent. Everybody, you know, that's not going God's way. The answer is they need to repent. Turn from to, from sin to God and, and receive his forgiveness and mercy uh, that only can come through Christ. So that word repent is important. People don't like it today. Church people don't like it. This is, repentance is a harsh word, but you know what? It works. And there's nothing else that'll do what repentance will do. There's nothing else that will bring about the results that repent will bring about. So don't be shy or ashamed to use that word. Amen. It's the remedy when people get way off there like Saul is here. So let's move on now. Um, so Saul is called for a medium that he might inquire of her. They found one in indoor verse 8. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes. He took off his king clothes and put on other clothes. And he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. And again, I want you just to think of how sad this is. Saul has got to go at night. Uh, He brings a couple people with him. He's disguised himself. Now, remember, he was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. So I don't know if he had to hunch down, got a hoodie on. He definitely took off his king clothes. He doesn't want her to recognize who he is. And so he's going down in secret to see if he can get this witch uh, but to get her to bring up somebody for him. And, and this is what the mediums would do. They would bring up the dead. And so I want to talk to my dead mom or my dead grandma. I want to bring someone back. And it's arguable. We'll talk about it just a moment. There's a lot of controversy and a lot of opinions about what happens here. I'll give you mine. I'll give you the others as well. Verse nine. Then the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spirit is from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? So she says, y'all know Saul put a death threat on us. He killed a bunch of us. So why y'all, you know, why are you putting me out there like that? I don't, you know, you put my life in jeopardy. Probably this woman was performing seances for the locals, the people that she knew. But these are some out of, she don't know them. And so she's a little leery of it because, you know, you could die for this. Um, Saul has already killed most of us. Uh, Verse 10 says, and Saul, this is, I want you all to read this slow with me. Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. So Saul is talking to a, you know, a a medium and swearing to God that he's not going to punish her for doing this. That's the irony of this. I mean, to swear by the Lord that he won't punish someone that God had commanded you to kill. She's supposed to be you, God had already, that's a condemned woman sitting there, but because she's sitting before an, a disobedient king, she, she, she lives. Under normal circumstances, Saul should have took her out.
0: We're so glad you've joined us today, here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. We're currently in the book of 1 Samuel, Many of the childhood Bible stories stem from this book. David is a main character, and he came from humble means. He was a simple shepherd boy, but God had great things in mind for him. He was a musician also, and this served him well as he was able to help King Saul. But more than these occupational type of skills, David had a heart for God like no other. God refers to David as a man after his own heart. What a compliment coming from the very creator of everything. This doesn't mean that David was perfect. As we all know, he wasn't. But his heart was continually coming back to God, seeking help, asking for refuge, and coming back with a repentant heart. This is the type of heart God wants from each of us. Do you find yourself looking up to David and his character? If you'd like to learn more about David in 1 Samuel, Feel free to listen to more teachings from this series on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this eventful book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today. And Pastor Bill will be back with more in the coming edition of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep your head in the Word, and your heart close to God. Then, make sure to come back for another insightful edition of A Transforming Word.